When the moon hits your eye like a big Campbell's soup, that's El Camino. When the moon hits your big fat face in your pastel apartment, that's El Camino. Bucket really likes Todd in this movie. That was my love song to you, Todd. Welcome to Making Movies in My Mom's Basement, episode 16. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Talking about El Camino, new uh, BB movie. New Breaking Bad movie. Yeah. Exclusively on Netflix. Yeah. Subscribe to Netflix. Subscribe. I I have stock. Please buy more Netflix so I can profit off of you. And I wish I had stock in Netflix. I, I bought stock Netflix um when if, in uh, 04. Really? No. 04. When, <laughs> back when it was a DVD, like a DVD company. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I told my parents a long time ago to buy stock in Tesla, and I'm very upset that they didn't listen yeah. to me. They were like, they were like Tesla. Uh, it's Tesla. Now, could have been in Mississauga. I like your parents are all American SUV Ram truck driving gasoline diesel. Yeah, they're 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 gas guzzlers. I love that. <laughs> they're not. Real. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about a very popular movie mm-hmm. based off a very popular show, mm-hmm. and let's get right into it, yo. As always, what do we? This podcast is about um, all the lessons we've learned. Yep. Uh, filmmaking, writing, all that shit uh, from this movie. You want to share them with you guys, yeah. and. Um, this one might be a bit more review-ish in parts. Yeah, this is... Um, general thoughts. Exactly. It's This is, for me, the first time I, I watched this movie. We went into it uh, purposely, like, we chose this movie because it's new and it's popular, and we wanted to see what's all, what the hub is about. Um, it's not a movie that... It's like a past podcast episode where it's a movie that we learned no, a lot about, yeah. um, learned a lot from, rather. Um, so, not, yeah. Not a Bible movie. Yeah, not yeah. a bad movie. So, there will be some review elements. Yeah. Uh, but as always, I think the key differentiator we want is a lot of people will just be like, oh, the review will be like, this was good, good, good. We want to explain, okay, this is good, but why? Like, yeah. how did they do that? I think that's the true value. Yeah. I know God is great. Tell me why. Yeah. And guess what? No one can give you answers. <laughs> First section, writing. Talk about writing. And this is, uh, so, poke it. Um, yeah. We'll, get, we'll start with the general thoughts, which play into writing. But, general uh, thoughts, yeah. A big thing I've noticed on Reddit, consensus of this movie, is that people say this does not feel like a movie. Yeah. So what do you like? What are your thoughts on that? Why do you think that is? I Yeah, so I, I felt the same way. And um, I purposely it, like ignored all reviews and comments online. I just wanted to go into this fresh. Um, but I still came out feeling like it, it wasn't really a movie. It felt more like a TV episode. Um and I'm going to try to articulate why. Um, I think one uh, the the first time this feeling came across was when um, Jesse was uh, at the vacuum guy's shop. So Rip Robert Forrester. He passed away a day before his movie came out. Really? Yep. Oh, rest in peace, Robert Forrester. Okay, so he's at Mr. Forrester's uh, vacuum shop. And up to this point, we know he's gotten the money. And now we know why. Okay, he wants to like escape, get this... like service this guy provides where he can just like fucking send you off to yeah, disappear place and yeah disappear you um so at that point it was clear what he wanted and then the roadblock was oh you don't have enough money you've gotten some but you don't have enough you're missing like 1800 okay that to me was like we're just solving the same problem this this feels like an episode of a, a show where it, this character's like season-long journey he needs to find money to go somewhere else doesn't for some reason feel like a movie i'm not like articulating this well enough i think but it doesn't feel like a movie where a bunch of things happen it's like we need to get money for this and then the new problem is we need to get more money for the same thing okay great watching the same fucking thing again so what i uh my interpretation of what you're trying to say is there's uh they do not escalate the actual lack of escalation yeah uh because you know most tv shows and especially sitcoms you solve one problem per episode right basically so in this they solved you had one thing so you wanted to be like okay i maybe okay you don't have enough money okay but instead of just like getting more money it's like okay i'm gonna have to find i don't know maybe some completely unrelated like solution or do something else like that solution is gone okay get a new solution he did like his solution was like i'm gonna rob these dudes Right, but like in the end, he still comes back to the old dude because that was his problem. Because right? well, he was a he was a guy who could 
actually right, but his, make him escape. His goal in the first half was get money for the old guy. His goal in the second half was get money for the old guy. Yeah, that's true. It should have been for something else. I see. Not I see. for the old guy again. It's like, right. okay, you're again, I'm watching the same thing. I personally didn't mind it. I liked it. So, so in comparison, I thought the Rugrats in Paris movie <laughs> was a fantastic TV movie. Don't laugh. It's a great TV movie. <laughs> Oh, no. who's, who's, you're assuming people are uh, heckling you right now. <laughs> I, the heckles in my head always, constant. Um, and yeah, I, I that movie worked for me as a TV movie. Like even though it it was same characters and but simple thing, it was in a different place. You're, you're in fucking Paris. It feels like a bigger deal. This feels like a movie problem. Jesse, Jesse in Paris. Put Jesse in Paris. Put him in Alaska. I would have. It would have felt more like a movie. I know that's such a small thing um, to complain about, but. I think it's really the reason people on, like online are just like, what the hell? This isn't this isn't a movie. It's an epilogue to Breaking Bad. It's an epilogue, exactly. Um, another, I think, my thoughts on why uh, people... A lot of people are like, what was the point of this movie? And I think that's clearly made obvious why... Because we assumed uh, in Breaking Bad, Jesse was going to be fine. Yeah. And in this movie, he was fine yeah. by the end of it. But I'm like, okay, let's think of an alternative. If Vince Gilligan was like, okay, let's kill off Jesse, everyone would have been like, yo, fuck off. Yeah. Why'd you kill him? He was happy. So I think it was a... I think he did... Just by setting it this close after, it was a lose-lose situation. Yeah, that. yeah. It It's tough to write this. And... I should articulate. I really like this movie still. Yeah, so I, I will say, like, having said all of that, um, I still came out of this movie um, feeling satisfied, um, but not as, like, a movie. It was satisfying as a send-off to Jesse. I, I, I was happy seeing a character who had watched for five seasons get a happy ending get these he he got a happy moment with walt yeah sure it was in a flashback but it was probably the only happy moment i've seen with him and walt where walt compliments him and says hey like you you have skills you have value like outside of just helping me you could get a business degree and work anywhere you have a better like own, own a dunkin donuts kid yeah it's it's it, it was a nice to see that see his like send off with his girlfriend her telling him yeah like just you know make a decision choose a better life um those moments were satisfying so i i still left the movie feeling happy for jesse um but as a movie i i, I wasn't like extremely satisfied i think so the whole first half of this movie um like on paper it's pretty simple it's just jesse needs money and i found the first 30 minutes of this movie to be excruciatingly boring and I found it interesting. Yeah. Uh, so what? So actually, yeah. So what held your attention? I maybe I should say why I found it boring first. Sure. Yeah. So I found it boring. There was just I don't know a real lack of like conflict. Right. Jesse was just like chilling, and I know like I understand. Yes, the cops are after him, but um, it was just like told through the news. Oh, police are after you. Right. Uh, so like even seeing the cops. Yeah, I needed the cops anything. to actually like what happens later when we thought that the guys who turned out not to be cops, but they showed up. And they're in the same room as Jesse. So I'm like, okay, crap, he could get caught. Some real threat. Yeah. I never felt that tension at all. Um, a lot of it is just like watching Skinny Pete and Badger just like play video games. It's very chill. Like I get it. It's like, oh, look what these two are up to. I, I get it. Um, you can't just like race through everything. But man, it was fucking, it was boring for me. I didn't care. But what about the Todd stuff? So here's uh, the Todd stuff. So I also, his flashbacks, I found extremely boring. Mm -hmm. Um up until like we find like that dead body right. because i'm like why the fuck are we here i know how this ends i know jesse kills todd later so there's no tension there because i see like if i didn't know that was gonna happen now todd let jesse out i'm like okay there's tension that jesse at some point is gonna fucking shank todd or some shit right and they even they play that later on when jesse like steals the gun and shit but i knew it was never gonna go anywhere um and at one point we're watching todd get a fucking hood for his goddamn car yeah the titular El Camino. Yeah. And I'm like, why couldn't that thing just have had the hood yeah. on in the beginning? What's the point of that scene? It was so much just like, why are we here? What are we doing? What are we doing? Right. But you found those questions uninteresting. It seems the like questions that the scenes were raising of why. Yeah, are we to me, here? they what weren't we even raising interesting questions. It's like, it's a hood. Cause like even Jesse the whole time was asking like, okay, is this what you want to be here for? Like, is this what you're here for? So that's that to my point that's what kept my interest in the first right. half was the todd flashbacks kept me guessing of what is happening like right. i don't know where jesse is going and the flashbacks keep telling me that jesse and todd had some kind of like 
situation, which the whole time, by the way, I thought was rape. I I was when you I'm like, yeah, I was hoping it'd be rape. That'd be fun to watch. It, that'd be fun to watch. Can I say that? Yeah, I'm saying that. I stand by that. That'd be an interesting drama. But it, it really seemed like Todd was going to do something like sexual to Je- he, like he was petting Jesse. He's, he's like giving him treats. He's like, uh, I don't know. It's when he said the line, yo, everyone's gone for the week. Everyone's gone. Yeah. It's like all, like all these little pieces where I'm like, Jesse. Yeah. So just that <laughs> kept my interest going for the first half. Plus I was actually like kept interested by the questions of, okay, why are we here? What's this hood for? Like what could be happening? Um, so just those like questions, uh, and just this like, weird path we took to learn that oh there is money hidden in todd's place okay great now i know what jesse's here for that's when i got into the movie right so um i i just appreciate that structure of just like keeping the audience guessing or attempting to keep the audience guessing in the first half for a pretty basic plot line of jesse needs money um i think they presented it in a pretty interesting way you have a real hard on for Todd, which we'll, we're really gonna explore later on. We're and we're, we're gonna explore every detail of Todd that I fucking love. <laughs> his fucking the way he like parts his hair, and all, all that all, shit. All that shit. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love Todd. So, what makes Breaking Bad Breaking Bad to you? Ooh, it's a tough question, Pocket. Tough question. I'm making eye contact with you, I'm gonna give you a presidential answer. Answer. I don't know what bit I'm doing. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> Um, bail on the bit. Yeah, I'm gonna bail on the bit. Okay, so what I. So, okay, a lot of people, what do they talk about? They're like, yo, it's got cool camera angles and shit. Um, they're like, yo, I love that fucking EDM. Drugs. Yeah, I love the drugs. Um, I'm like, cool, that's, that's fine. But that is, to me, that is always the. That's the stuff that you're gonna notice and the stuff that you will like about it, right? But that's what you um, hang on the, as Aaron Sorkin puts it, the clothesline. Right? That's the fun stuff that you hang on there. So what is the clothesline of this goddamn fucking show? So what I like is... And, they, and sorry, just to like explain, clothesline is what's the general structure yeah, of sorry, the like, I should, spine I should of the that. show. Yeah, it's like um, Sorkin's always like, okay, you need a, a movie needs like an engine. So the engine of a movie could be, we need to get to from Toronto, we need to go to LA. That is the engine. And then you hang the fun stuff all along that like journey. Hang it on the engine, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. You don't dry your clothes on, like, your car engine? It seems efficient because it's hot, but yeah. I don't for some yeah. reason. <laughs> for a rich man using washing machines? How dare you? <laughs> Calling my family poor? <laughs> um, yeah, let's just say it's also a clothesline. It's a line going from L.A. to Toronto. Right. And along there, you hang fun stuff, right? Right. So, um, what I like about breaking bad is they never um manipulate time right to get their characters out of um to for characters to solve their problems so solutions are never predicated on time let me on manipulating time so let me explain what the fuck i mean by that um in back to the future a very popular movie i've heard mm-hmm. um it was in that show stranger things three have you seen stranger things three yet I have. Where's Back to the Future? And they're in the theater. They're watching Back to the Future in the theater at towards the end. Oh, oh, they are. Yeah, oh, I totally forgot. You remember nothing? No, not at all. Nothing. <laughs> Memory um, of a goldfish. <laughs> so, um, the very end of that movie, you know, when they got like um, Marty has to hit the wire and the clock tower, the clock tower scene, right? Yeah. Um, there's a part there where, um, shit goes wrong that they didn't expect to go wrong which is the power cords got unplugged right mm-hmm. so doc has to he is standing on top of the clock tower now he has to go down to ground level and plug it back in before marty reaches the fucking um line that he has the electric line that he has to hit yeah this like random finish line yeah exactly yeah the finish line right um yeah, that's a good way to put it. it's a finish line mm-hmm. um so marty is already driving and he's supposed to be getting faster and faster and faster and going yeah. very fast um I don't buy how quickly Doc is able to get down, like, um, to fucking plug that shit back in. Right. And to me, I'm like, while you're watching it, you actually don't question it. Because what they did was they literally just made in how, uh, in real time, how they extended that out for Marty. They made it take way longer yeah. to actually get to the finish line. And they just sped and they made it way faster how long it would have taken Doc yeah. to get to, I guess, his finish line, which is plug the shit in, right? Yeah. Um, Breaking Bad does not ever rely on that. No. 
they it is always real time that shit is fucking solved and i guess it's in, not even that the problems are inherently never reliant on i need to like beat the clock like they do have ticking time bombs but it's not like oh gus is going to this location walt is going to this location to get walt there first we're gonna just show walt like he's he's gonna have less shots and guess we'll have longer shots. Like it's like not the end of like Ferris Bueller where he's like running home. Yeah, I'm like how do, I don't buy that. Oh yeah, you fucking outran your like it's fun. I get it. It's fun. I'm not some fucking like goblin here. I'm like yeah, logic man. Like <laughs> logic goblin yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, logic goblin. What's up? Um, I get it. Right. It's movies. I fucking I get it. But I like that Breaking Bad. It's what makes it unique. It stands out. They never rely on that to ever solve problems. Right. They ever. They solve them purely through, like, logic and, like, not yeah. even just logic, but, like, a sequence of events. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I know, like, how the fuck do we explain this? But the problem is literally, oh, Jesse has to talk his way out of a situation. Yeah. Characters are always just talking their way out of shit. Or, 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 like, making deals, yeah. Yeah, or making deals. Oh, you know, like, a really good explanation is, um, I think, comparison when in season three, or I don't know, when Jesse has to kill Gail, that, the, the other cook, right? Yeah. The fucking Ronald McDonald-looking dude. Um... <laughs> At one point, it's like, oh, Jesse, Walt tells, oh, Jesse, go, right? Go get him. So Jesse has left first. That could have been a, a race to the clock. That's where it would have been. Because they, like, the bad guys, they have, like, Walt at gunpoint. They understood, like, 10 seconds later, oh, shit, he just sent Jesse to kill him. They could have easily done that where, oh, we made the bad guys get there faster. But the logic is, no, Jesse left first, he will win. Right. And he has enough time to get there. Right. Because that could easily be, oh, the other guys get there. That could have been new conflict, new obstacle. But right. no, they don't do that. They're like, no. So, Polka, there's uh, one scene that we really liked, and it's actually identical to the end of Season 5 of Breaking Bad. Um, uh, it's when uh, Jesse goes into the fucking thing. Yeah, the... The, uh, the lion's den, really. Lion's den, the welding shop. So, yeah, it's um, similar because, yeah, they're they're both going to a situation where the, the, the cards are stacked against them. Yeah. It's 5v1 for Jesse. I don't know, 10v1 for Walt. Yeah, and I just love it because that's a scene that... It's a scene that's always just going to work because yeah. a character being outnumbered, I'm already interested because I know, okay, it's harder for them to win. Now, one one thing I will say is we, we both still had a problem with that scene and that was the prostitutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we thought that the prostitutes, uh, when they showed up, that would have been an additional problem and that to me would have been like an even bigger lion's den. An escalation, yeah. Exactly, an escalation if you will. Which, which it was set up as that, yeah. It was set up and then it was kind of just like rug was like pulled under you and um, they just leave i get like here's yeah. the thing i this is just the breaking bad thing right it's like that's what jesse would do he would knock he would literally wait for them to leave yeah but i'm like okay cool but what was the point of it yeah what was i'm the... like were they more drunk after which would just make it easier for jesse which is not what you do you'd want to never make, make it, it harder yeah easier for, <laughs> like maybe they should have been snorting adh like adderall or something yeah now, these guys are real focused limitless drug yeah exactly <laughs> they're, they're um, all geniuses now i so i have no idea why the escalation happened like it worked as a red herring because we i thought it was going to go somewhere right yeah like you you see their big huge like escort you're like oh shit yeah, this guy's going to start some trouble exactly right and, and just leaves so i think um i'm wondering why maybe it was just like no this is a red herring and fuck off this is what we're doing maybe it was for like padding yeah um i don't i honestly don't know Point being, I'm um, curious though. The scene still worked, I think, because of the lines den feel. Yeah. Um, I just think it could have been. I think it's a scene. Yeah, people, you know, just steal that scene construction. Yeah, it's literally every fucking kung fu movie, every action movie. John Wick. Watch Die Hard. This is maybe a very obvious point, which which is just now I'm realizing how Die Hard. <laughs> I'm realizing how just every yeah, it is man versus world. It's, it's like every action. It's movie. good though. It's it still works. Like, you could insert it in a movie where you, or in a where, show where you wouldn't yeah. expect it to happen. Yeah, this is not like an action movie show. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, this is a they fucking, that element. It's a fucking pulp drama. Um, I think another reason that final battle, that Lion's Den scene was so great was... The good, bad, and the ugly scene. Yeah, the little uh, Western shootout. Um, Jesse's gun was just shit. Like, yeah. it, it truly felt like, yeah, he he's doomed. His, he's, he has a, what's it, a pea shooter? It was like a, uh, it was a 20, 20 mil caliber. 22, I believe. 20, oh, fuck. You American? <laughs> gun nut. But yeah, it's just like that small detail of like, yeah, Jesse has a shitty gun. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, there is a very possible chance. And I, I even forgot he had a second gun. 
Yeah, I also forgot he had a second gun. Yeah. Like, I was so focused on how terrible that gun was that I was like, Jesse's doomed. He's he's facing off this like Nazi with Jesse a better gun. Jesse became real Walter White because he became a hard manipulator because he put his like shitty gun in his belt yeah. uh, like near his penis. Yeah, which Eight vi- Mile taught me never do because you will shoot your That's penis That's the first thing off. I thought of too. That's all, <laughs> every time in any movie I see that, I'm like, penis is getting shot off. Penis, penis is getting, getting shot yeah. off. Fuck, fuck, fuck. But if any movie does it Mom's now, it, it's going to be, oh, it's just Eight Mile. Like I, it, uh, I actually think most people have not seen Eight Mile. Really? <laughs> no. How dare you? I remember, you? I think it was very much, or at least kids now, because very much of just, it was a cultural thing because rap was like, that's when everyone wore like baggy, baggy clothes, right? So every brown guy was like, yo, 8 Mile, bro. You got to watch fucking 8 Mile. Blah, blah, blah. That movie earned I love that movie. Marshall Mathers an Academy Award. Yeah, yeah. He has a... EGOT. Get him an EGOT. Get him an EGOT. People know what EGOT is. Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and a Tony. And a Tony Soprano. Yeah. Um, and I, um, just to elaborate on your point there, um, how would you even communicate that idea? Because when I see... In a movie, if I see two similar-looking guns, I'm like, okay, they both have guns. Yeah. Even fight. So, I think their solution was was good. Or just having the guy him, call like, out. Make fun of it, yeah. Yeah, just make fun of them. It was a good solution to indicate that to us. Yeah. And it just made, yeah, it's like, oh, shit. There's 10v1, and he has a shitty gun. Yeah. Good, good, good. Another uh, reason why I find uh, BB so fascinating. Um, the simplicity of like their drama like they'll take one just tiny little goal okay and this it's when uh, jesse's in the vacuum thing right and all he wants is you know make me disappear right they stretch that thing out so fucking much yeah right it's fucking ridiculous so how do you think they and that scene was so compelling so like what what are the things that they did to do that they did intention and obstacle nice (laughs) (laughs) no it, it was um yeah, it was very clear. Jesse had a want. Uh, Robert Forrester had a different want. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, just that clash and just how, like, they all... They they, they kept one-upping each other. One-upping. I think that's the key. Exactly. They each had to make a move. Robert Forrester calls the cops. Jesse says... Mr. Forrester, please. Now he is Mr. Forrester. I, I apologize, Mr. Forrester. Rest in peace. Um, yeah. Calls the cops. Jesse's like, nah, buddy. You did not call the cops for blah, blah, blah. And also just, I, I, I love the comedy in... Breaking Bad, and I just love that this, like, scene played out the comedy of Jesse's just, like, so confidently, like, buddy, you did not call the cops, and right behind him, fucking police car shows The comedy up. in this show does not stem from characters yelling out penis randomly. No, 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 it's, um, it's, it's not very situation-based. It's not based. a Judd Apatow movie. Yeah. yeah. Which, and I love Judd Apatow movies, I'm not criticizing them. Not. And, and, and which, it tries to be a Judd Apatow movie for a second between... Oh, let's talk about Sk- that. Skinny Pete and Badger are, are having their, like, back and forth on man. When we first meet them. Yeah, it's like, oh, dude, you suck at driving it's like oh man you're worse than my grandma and she's dead blah blah, blah. it's like that felt very like it's the scene from 40 year old virgin yeah. when uh seth rogan and paul rudd are be like you know how you're gay yeah yeah and and the scene in virgin is way funnier it's because just, it's, it's better material better material you just wrote better jokes <laughs> yeah. about being gay than they wrote about being a bad driver and i'm like okay i get what you're trying to do but it's not very funny i think there's a good lesson here actually with because in 40 year old virgin they um there is one joke that is like generic when they say, oh, you know, you're gay because you like balls in your face. You yeah. have to no, know it's, you know, it's actually, they took one step further. They said, you have a bumper sticker on your car that says I love balls in my face. I'm like, cool. I know that's gay. Sure. Um, but these guys are like, it's like successful comedy writers because they took it to shit where I had no idea where it's going to go. There's just like specific yeah, things Yeah, there's like, you. oh, you know how you're gay? Because you like made in Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> and there's one that I think of to this day. <laughs> like every, almost every day because I eat this thing every day. It's like, you know, you're gay because you made a spinach dip with sourdough <laughs> bread once. I'm like, fuck. It's like so specific. And that's what I'm like, like, I don't even know if that, it's just, yeah. the specificity is the funny part, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that kind of was like missing, I think, from the badger skinny pizza yeah. but i highly recommend a sandwich that pocket recommended to me which is uh sourdough bread um kale um slices of uh, meat i do chicken and avocado it's great it's fucking healthy as shit very filling tasty oh, yeah. as a motherfucker <laughs> that's it for sandwich corner <laughs> <laughs> every time new sandwich new sandwich every episode <laughs> but yeah the real comedy in breaking bad is the comedy in the situation of like 
Jesse's just fucked and he thinks he isn't. Like, that's just funny. And the way he, like, runs away yeah. is just funny. And, um, yeah, like, I think the best analogy, sorry for, um, sorry to cut you off there, yeah, um, for that intentional obstacle scene, it was always a chess move. Yeah. I make a move, now your move. Because usually in uh, most movies, like, it's intentional obstacle for a scene and then it's, there's one obstacle, then it's overcome for that scene. They're like, no, they, they're like, no, 10 minutes, one, one thing, we're going to pile on new shit, new shit, new mm-hmm. shit. It's just fun. It's just like, it's drama that happens in real life. Yeah. This and is, I, I'm like, this would happen. This is literally him. It's just negotiating. He could, it could have been a vacuum cleaner, right? Yeah. 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 And I, I, I just love that the first obstacle is, um, I'm not even going to tell you who I am. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's the first obstacle is I'm not going to tell you who I am. Like, they, oh man, they're, they just stretch the shit out of every point of conversation. They're like obstacle, obstacle, obstacle. There's obstacle. a uh, one of Pokett's hard on shows, Mad Men. Mm. The creator of it, uh, Matt Matthew Penis. Um, Say his name, <laughs> Matthew <laughs> Weiner. <laughs> it's, it's a Weiner. Is it, yeah, Weiner. Now Weiner's a real Weiner. <laughs> or that Weiner's got a real good Weiner. Uh, um, uh, he made a great comment about that show, and he's like Vince Gilligan can create tension out of a desk drawer or in a desk drawer. And I'm like, that perfectly encapsulates fucking what I love about this show. Drama out of like the tiniest fucking thing. Then they'll stretch it and stretch it. So fucking good. So um, I know another reason you love Breaking Bad is uh, because it is... Love is an understatement, sir. I apologize. Um, because, like you, it, it is a lack of emotion <laughs> and pure cold-hearted logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have no empathy. <laughs> I have no sympathy for anything. I'm, I'm, I'm a monster. Uh, I'm, I'm like that. I'm a lyric in a Nicki Minaj song. Bitch, I'm a monster. Sorry. In a, was that a Kanye song? It's a, it's a Kanye song, but it's, the, with, it's the, the Nicki's Nikki, verse. The Nicki's verse. I'm a lyric in Nicki's verse. Um, Many people say she is still famous because of that one verse. I, I love that. It's a great verse. And I also love it because I, I actually just like watching Millie Bobby Brown perform it on Jimmy Fallon. Oh, okay. Like, it's just, I'm like, oh, this girl's interesting. Just a fascinating person. I wonder if that's where Drake's uh, love for her started. He's in love with Millie Bobby Brown? Yeah, very much. What does that mean, in love? Is he waiting until she turns 18? Is that what you're telling me? That's uh, that's what the rumor in the old rumor mill is. It's uh, he's he's been sending her texts and shit, being like, "Hey, girl, really? You're real sweet for a twelve year old, shit like that." Wait, what? Yeah, this could all be libel. Is it libel when it's spoken? I don't know. What does libel mean? Sorry, libel when it's written. This is uh, slander. It, what? It means other. You're know. literally. This is. I'm, the, I'm quoting Spider Man. I know, <laughs> and I've never understood what they're talking. I'm like, I don't, what's the difference? One is spoken and one is written. Libel and but what but what is what does even libel mean like written what like uh, lying lying uh no um not lying just uh like oh this could all defamation be wrong. and it could be wrong it, it it's all conjecture it's like I heard this happen did, did it actually you're spreading so you're it saying now. there's no facts there's no facts here okay got it got it yeah that's libel and slander okay yeah I speak legalese now <laughs> legalese <laughs> tell me in legalese why you love the cold hard logic of Breaking Bad twenty five to life. That's, that's probably not legalese. So, okay, so subsection A5 to A9, 1 million zebra, smiling zebra says. Smiling zebra. Um, so in Breaking Bad, I love it because that, I like that emotion is a weakness mm-hmm. because emotion is never used to solve problems. I'm sure there are cases where it does happen, yeah. but just my general, what I remember is, um, it always logic has to solve the problem. And this is like made so clear when Robert Forrester Sorry, Mr. Forrester. Oh my God. I'm fucking ashamed of myself. <laughs> um, he even says, like, when Jesse's trying to, like, convince him, and Jesse's like, yo, bro, I was in a cage. They, yeah. Todd, he's like, Todd put his no-no in my no-no. Is <laughs> <laughs> pleading to his, right? like, heart. Yeah, and he literally says, if you think you can pull on heartstrings, that's not going to work. I yeah. fucking love this. This is the, another thesis of the show. They, He can't. He has to convince him with, like, you have to, like, um, provide me value of something that I want. Yeah. Only you satisfy what I want. That is only when I will do this. Mm-hmm. And most, a lot of, I find a lot of movies and sh- other like shows and shit, it's always just like, they'll just sap character, sap people into shit. They'll be like, oh yeah. man, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I feel bad. And then the bad or somebody, like, you're right, man. Let me help you now. It's always just playing on like, I guess the human 
yeah. aspects, which I'm like, it, it, it works. That is real life as well. But I like the logic version because it's so much harder to solve problems with logic. And that, that's how Breaking Bad gets like, they're always like fucking such creative solutions to get out of shit. It's also more um, concrete. I think it's, it's very clear. Emotion, it's very clear. Yes. With, with like emotion, you're depending on the audience, like having that same response. It's by the, yeah, that's a very good point. You're like, I didn't buy that. Yeah. Which, I can't, but I can buy that. I need money. Yeah. This like logical reason. It's, it's hard to tear down. Yeah. Um, okay. I want, um, there's a really great, uh, thing that they do, um, in the scene where, uh, Jesse has the gun and yeah. Todd is trying to convince him. Right. So there's a great lesson here that, um, never don't talk about the elephant in the room yeah and in in this scene the elephant being todd wants his gun back yeah um and it's very easy when you're in that scene uh writing that scene to get into a loop of give me the gun no give me the gun no give me the gun no and add more and more exclamation marks yeah give me the gun no give me the gun bitch no bitch (laughs) it's like okay i get it here um they only he todd asked for the gun maybe two or three times and it was clear it was escalating to a point and then once it hit that point where Todd was afraid and Jesse was and he like... he knew it wasn't going to work. Yeah. Um, Todd had to make a decision. And Todd's decision, which is a very Todd decision, uh, which is, hey, buddy, uh, I was going to get you some pizza afterwards. He's he's now um, trying to convince him through the most basic shit, food and beer. <laughs> and it's like, that this will work that, for a, a human American, I believe. I think this fit, you can bring in your general... How Todd is Campbell Soup point here. Todd is a relevant. walking, talking Campbell Soup hitman. I fucking <laughs> love this character. I love that his... I can just, like, gush, but... His fucking gush, apartment... His apartment was pastel. Just the most bland shit ever. He And just the fact that he brings it up. He brings up small talk. He, he brings up the weather. In the most, like, insane situations, you have a fucking hostage in a cage, and you're, like, fucking... Sansa the lambsing him a fucking cigarette and then you're like hey buddy how, how's the weather it's got a 60-70% chance of what are you talking about man I'm your hostage that's another great example of just talking around the elephant talk the around room. the thing and the that, elephant in the room yeah that really I think that makes Todd so interesting because he he finds these like horrible situations uh, the same way that we find being in an elevator it's the most like bland normal shit to him that's why he talks that way, and that tells me a lot about his character and just the level of, like... Desensitization. Yeah, he's insane. Like, it's a great way to just, like, describe his character without even saying anything about him. And he... Everything he loves is just what he... Like you said, what an alien would think an American <laughs> yeah. Joe would like. Oh, yeah. beer and pizza. Okay, I got it. Um, um, camp soup. Okay, that's the thing I saw that at the grocery store, just... Even the music that he listens to. The music to. he listens to. Once he gets away with getting the body out of the apartment, his like happy, I got away with it. Music is the most bland 50s pop music. He's fucking like waving his hand out of his fucking thing like he's Sarah fucking Borellis. Like what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> Love you, Todd. And a fucking truck. As you pointed out, a truck passes by him to just show how slow he's going. Yeah. He's going at like 20. It's great. What a great character. But back to the gun scene. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the... The other, like, um... This plays into... This is why he was talking about pepperoni. That's the point of that. Yeah. That flashback. But, um... Tangent. But but that pepperoni, um, like, conversation was still effective because, um, Jesse then choosing... This is, like, very obvious, but Jesse then choosing pepperoni was so or, clear... Or just engaging in, just the, in, yeah, in the conversation. Exactly. It, it, it was clear that, um, he's given up. He's, he's not going he, to... He's a, on the way. ...attack Todd. So... That, that choice was so sad to me. See, like, and it, it's weird. Like, in a vacuum, telling you that a, a human being choosing pepperoni pizza is is sad makes, like, no sense. But in the context of this, like, scene, it was, like, it was, it was perfect. Like Pepperoni means... Pepperoni now <laughs> means, like, something. So it, much. it has so much meaning. Just because you, you've, you've, like, had this be the topic of conversation with a gun present. It's, mm, like... Subtext. What a great fucking choice. Like, just, like, great writing there. Yeah. Another thing we uh, love about goddamn BB, the attention to goddamn motherfucking detail, yo. And um, this is uh, something you've brought up where if, if you see like even a trailer and, and you see some attention to detail that you haven't noticed like elsewhere, yeah. you uh, have more faith in that work. Yeah, I can. Uh, yeah, I can tell immediately if I, a movie is going to be <laughs> I feel like such a fucking 
fucking exec right now. But like, it's true. Like, but, I, 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 I see why your your, yeah. your point is true. I pride myself on my uh, casting and ability. I'm an ability to identify talent. I, uh, I think I'm good at that shit, yo. So uh, I'm saying <laughs> yo a lot right now. But um, in this movie, yeah. So there's one detail. It's when um Todd is just passing the cigarette down to Jesse in the cage. Um, even I'm like, okay, that easily first pass. Someone would be like, he would just toss, he would just throw it down there. I love that. They thought about the fucking, cause I guess if you toss it, maybe the, it would go out. Right. Something like that. So I love that they constructed this fucking thing. This like, what's called, I don't even know what it's called. The clothespin. What are the, yeah, fuck? it's like a, the binder clip, paper clip yeah, thing. Yeah. Binder paper clip thing onto a string and he attaches cigarettes down to that. Yeah. So, and I'm like, the reason that matters, that tells me that they have thought about their world and to that level of detail yeah which means if they're thinking about micro shit like that everything else like the actual like drama they have spent an ungodly amount of time yeah like i i, I think that gives you more trust for the storyteller it's like you you know the world that you you are gonna tell me about yeah You're, exactly so like i i have more trust in like going through this like story yeah. with with exactly. you now for i remember in um this is why so swiss army man i knew from literally frame one that movie was gonna be fucking amazing because it's, it turns out, it's, let me give you a quick little premise. It's uh, it's a guy, he's stranded on the beginning. He's stranded on an island, and he's, like, trying to kill himself, right? Mm-hmm. So, to me, like, if you watch, like, Castaway or something, every movie's, like, you put help with, like, rocks and leaves on the sand, right? Mm-hmm. Big thing, help. Soon as in this movie, it starts off, we're just, we're seeing a shot of, like, still serene water. Nothing is wrong. So, it actually looks really pretty. Um, and a little, like, paper boat floats in, and it says, help me on there. Mm-hmm. Right away, I'm like, you fucking got me. What an interesting way to present that this guy's in peril. Right. I've never seen that before, that right. solution. So right away, I'm like, this movie's going to be dope. And guess what? That movie was fucking dope. And then this goes even further. I saw the trailer for Booksmart. I haven't seen Booksmart, but I know a lot of people love it. It got rave reviews. There's a detail there where the like Booksmart girls, um, two fucking white girls there. Um, <laughs> two fucking white girls to every movie. The two fucking white girls. Yeah. Uh, which is nothing wrong with that. Uh, I'm not a... Uh, diversity type of guy you know i'm not a diversity <laughs> type of guy uh come from two brown guys <laughs> um they're like it seemed like in the scene they're like robbing a cabbie or something right someone yeah. car usually you know when you're robbing someone trying to hide your identity you put on like pantyhose or like yeah some like generic your, like mask right this i love that since they're girls who have long hair they literally just cover their faces with their fucking hair it's so clever right i'm like this movie's gonna be dope this I, movie's gonna be dope i know it I, I just love the, like, details of, like, oh, I've never thought of that, but that makes sense. Yeah. It's a, it's a great detail. It's it's so much faith. All right, Pocket. Um, this is another thing. I like how... It's nothing why Breaking Bad is fucking dope. This is essentially why. And through details. Through details. Yeah, so what are... Let's take us through... Like, just quickly take us through some end. Yeah, so just a couple. Um... There's a great detail of the fake cops. They tie up Jesse, not with handcuffs, but with a wire. Okay, that's obvious because they're not real cops. Yeah, I... And that's exactly... That's when I'm like, something is up here. That's when Jesse was like, yo, you guys aren't cops, yo. Yeah. I'm like, that's so fucking good. Like, the obvious solution would have easily been like, I don't know, they just say we're not cops or like any... It could have been like something just like, I don't know, less interesting, more generic. And then more details. On the rewatch, you realize why um the cop is suspicious because he hears his partner say lieutenant is because they are not cops so they should not be talking to each other as cops they should be saying and their as soon first as he names. starts talking as cops they know yeah. okay something is up and, and and you immediately get the feeling that something is up because the guy's acting like suspicious um but it's clear now like why because his friend is saying lieutenant it's like okay great detail there too that's fuck like i know like this seems obvious all in hindsight. Coming up with that shit is so hard. fucking hard, man. Very hard. It's like a it, like it's a thing where um we we haven't come up with a point uh like this yet, but in our previous podcast we mentioned there are some points that seem obvious, but if they are missing, which they are yeah. in a lot of works, um you just notice there's a lack of something. You you, you can't point your finger to yeah. what that something is, but there is a lack of something and when you do have it, it's, I think, great to, like, point it out. And here it really stands out because of how simple the intention obstacles are seen, which is just like, oh, um, okay, get money, cop, bad guys are here, right? That's pretty, that's a basic setup. Yeah. What makes it unique is these tiny things. Yeah. Yeah, this is a super quick thing. Um, I like how this is just fucking Breaking Bad. They always go to the next step where Todd doesn't hide his money in, like, his fucking sock drawer. 
Um, he put it in the inner linings of his fridge. I would have never fucking thought of that. Yeah, it's a great solution. It's just, it's fucking good. But based off that, I know you have an issue with how it's resolved. Yeah, so, so let's get into that. I, um, once Jesse, once we know that Jesse is at Todd's for the money, the whole search sequence search montage was kind of boring. I, I, I was like, okay, yeah, I know why you're here. Um, but I know he's going to like eventually find it or a new problem will come up. So once it got to the point where he didn't find it, and then he did. I was like, oh, that's how you find it? By you've like searched the whole place and then you give up and then you hit the back of your head against the fridge and you hear a thing fall like that. That that to, it, to me, it didn't feel like a Breaking Bad solution. It was like a, OK, it's convenient. I guess you have to find it eventually. Um, like I like if I had to provide like an alternative, it's like, OK, why didn't he move the fridge to check behind the fridge? And then by moving the fridge, he is he's interacting with the fridge and then he could hear a thing drop then. It's like. It's like again a very small gripe, but it's when small change, but just the fact that he he was touching the fridge made all the difference to you. Yeah. Yeah, and and um, this is a thing where I maybe wouldn't have commented on it on in, in in a different movie, but like in a Breaking Bad where I expect like hardcore like logic and just high, like high standards yeah. solution problems. Yeah, it's I have a higher standard to how they solve their problems, and when it's like a coincidence like this, I'm like, okay, it's kind of a letdown. I'm excited for the problem solving. Mm. This is not a Real, a great problem solving here. I could see why they wouldn't show him look behind the fridge because you can easily just peek behind the fridge and see that there's nothing there I guess yeah sure but like <laughs> I, I don't know I'm just saying like this is they put it in such an impossibly like hard place to find yeah that I don't even like but but see you're you're saying that but they the writers of Breaking Bad they often say that that they purposely write themselves into a hard corner and then have to figure and a way out struggle forever to figure out how and to then that's the fun of it it's that's how do fun, you yeah. get out of the hard corner yeah. so yeah this is a hard corner but fucking solve it you made this hard corner I think this is actually I'm not sure if we have this point but this is another why BB is fucking amazing yeah it's literally that they most shows they don't put characters in a hard enough um place no we know what the solution usually is and then they'll just like emotion some bullshit will get in the way um or some like tiny obstacles will just pop up to just to them get to that solution the best example is like in spider-verse we know put the the usb goober put the goober into the fucking goob glob yeah and then that's it all we know that's what we need to do and breaking bad it's like i guess sure find the money but it's like fuck i don't know maybe that's not a good example well, no, yeah, it's like find the money, but it's like how, how like how is the interesting thing? How do yeah, you find it's the like, money? I'm like, this is impossible yeah. to find even like anything, like all the shit that like Walt pulls off, like how they, like that whole magnet solution to like pull the money, like kill that laptop. It's like how the, I wouldn't have thought of it. Like it's fucking bananas. Exactly. So um, again, small gripe, I think, but in a Breaking Bad, I, I, I almost feel like it's valid. We're talking about hooks. Yeah. Quick hook. So uh, what's a hook? It's just how you, how you connect scenes, right? Yeah. So there was, um. There's one really... You can connect scenes when I really like that just with, like, two words. Because mm-hmm. they have one where um, Jesse uh, fucking... He's, like, looking through the phone book, whatever, and he sees, yeah. oh, handy-dandy solutions. He When we see that text, then it cuts to a sign. Handy-dandy solutions. And he's... Because he's, uh, like, a billboard. And he's at handy-dandy solutions. Yeah, it's at the welding shop. It's, yeah, welding shop. Yeah. Um, another goofy one is like we see jesse like drive off mm-hmm. and then we cut to a pov of driving then it's like wait this you my sister was like why does this look like a video game pull out it is a video <laughs> it game. is video yeah. so that was a nice just little way to get into that scene creates momentum flow yeah. um but the one i'm more fascinated by here is uh, mm, sexy voices coming yeah it's uh a lot of times in editing you will so those other two examples i just gave those are definitely like written the script those mm-hmm. are designed the one uh, I'm about to talk about, I don't think it was. I think it was a happy accident. It's when um, Jesse, he finds the key in his parents' house. He blows and the, the doorknob, yeah. sorry, the lock turns, right? Yeah. There's no real, like, there's a connection there. It was almost like, oh, like, blow magic or some shit. But I could see that being just like, they, in the cut, they just like, those clips happen to be beside each other. And they're like, oh, fuck, that actually totally works. Only with the blowing sound. Without the yeah. blowing sound, it doesn't work. The blowing sound, like, almost sounds like you're, like, unlocking the door in a weird way yeah yeah right so gets you into it so you can find a lot of shit in the cut so happy accidents happy accidents bro all right or they designed it and i'm totally wrong i don't fucking know (laughs) just a schmuck in a basement Uh, (laughs) two schmucks in a basement (laughs) that was the other name for this podcast (laughs) okay i want to talk about the whole 
flashback structure. We actually did cover a decent amount of it already. Yeah, this movie is so, yeah structured around a lot of flashbacks. They use flashbacks uh, in a bunch of ways in this in this little film. Um, but what's one that you liked a lot? Okay, so oh, yeah, there's one that I absolutely loved because I I think it was the most unique use mm-hmm. of the flashback. It's when uh, very end when Jesse is. In Alaska, and he's like gonna drive off, right? So he's driving. Then we cut to the flashback of him and Jane, the bitch in apartment something two C, twenty three, twenty three. Jane, and I like this scene because it essentially communicated Jesse what Jesse was thinking. Yeah. In that moment while driving. Yeah. When she's like, "Oh, uh, the universe is dictated. I just." Um, has told me what to do my whole life. I think I should make these decisions. Now. Yeah, time to start making choices, Jesse. For like myself, right? Instead of just being kind of jerked around by Walt, <laughs> like yeah. forever. Yeah. Um, so I love that they, because yeah. uh, if it was like Jesse driving and he's like, at the I have now learned these lessons that I should have done this and I should have done this. That that was one he could have literally just said it out loud. There could have been a billboard that he drove by that said. Follow your dreams, man. Or like the universe. Don't let the universe push you around. Or, or he he could have said it to that vacuum guy. Just like had that had had like a random conversation yeah, at the, at the yeah. very end, right? It could have been with Mike at the beginning. Yeah, like cut back to Mike. But right. it, it was the most like like emotionally correct. I think to to go back to her. Yeah, it was and it was also it paid fan service. Oh look, because a lot of people I fucking hated Jane. She was a real fucking H. Really? Or W. She's a W. Really? Yeah, no, she was like screwing Walt. I was always on Walt's side. She was all like, she was screwing Walt over. Yeah, but she was uh, defending Jesse. Yeah, but she was just like stealing his money. She's like, no, Jesse's not going to give the money back. It was like, I was, I had animosity she, towards her. She wanted, because Walt took Jesse's money. Okay. She wanted. She's like, that's Jesse's money. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. I still don't like her. <laughs> Even though I think she's really attractive. And usually I'm so shallow yeah. that. I forgive anything a woman does. <laughs> <laughs> Are you killing me right now? That's okay. <laughs> Looking good. Looking pretty good. Why did you? Nice mascara, girl. Yeah, it's, I guess because you're so much into like Walt's POV. You just uh, yeah, like, yeah. anything against Walt, you just hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I see where you're coming from, and you've you're actually rewatching the show, and you've you're more fresh. I'm more about fresh that, about uh, that part for me. Walt's a real dick. Oh, he's sexy. He's a huge dick, man. Walt's like. Uh, like this pure like passive it's like a in the way a dick that like a parent would be a dick where it's like you just they're not like out letting me like Argh! it's like just like passive aggressive shit yeah like I, like i don't even know what to call it when you're like, like the yelling oh, stuff comes later oh the te- temperature's 10 degrees less oh, i guess we have to throw the whole fucking thing out you fucking like fucking yeah. like retard like yo what the hell man right you're such a dick yeah but yeah, it's your, it's your character that's why you're interesting that's why i watch you yeah that's why i watch you i'm not gonna watch fucking mr rogers Fun fact. It's not a fun fact. Just a fact. I never watched Mr. Rogers as a kid because I thought it was boring as fuck. I wish I watched it. He reading about him, I'm like, he's a very like oh, he's good man, very amazing human being. Yeah, I'm like, I if, if I could be that guy, I yeah. probably would. Oh yeah, I just never watched him. Like, I don't remember. I'm like, there's no drama. Why are you like teaching me lessons and shit? You, you did not care about drama as a child. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was fucking reading about poetics and Aristotle Mozart's at the age of five. <laughs> This guy's like, ah, oh, Dragon Ball Z really hits a drama spot for me. I'm perpetuating the myth right now of my <laughs> origin story. I'm fabricating one. Fucking <laughs> Director X over here. But I don't know why I never watched it. I, yeah, maybe it was a PBS show and I thought PBS shows were lame. Not enough uh, flashing lights and colors yeah. in your eyes. <laughs> exactly. Why is that, why is that sweater a, like, multicolored sweater? Yeah, where's the LSD in this? Yeah, exactly. I know a lot of people like uh, Skinny Penis. I don't know why every P thing is just penis all the time. Skinny Pete and Badger. Yeah. I did. Uh, they, they are great friends. In They're this. great dudes. They are They're amazing great. dudes. Very good friends. Yeah. Um, I love the little send off moment between Skinny Pete and Badger because of just how just how real it was to how uh, many Skinny Pete and Jesse. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Skinny Pete and Jesse. Um, I love how like a lot of dudes. That is how they will communicate their feelings and like if dudes were not real emotional yeah really? not us though we were we have been told that we have very high eq by who please debate this audience <laughs> <laughs> you probably can be like what the fuck are you yeah, talking you about just psychopaths <laughs> um uh, it was danielle shout out oh, to danielle shout out to danielle because her um her boyfriend was saying oh right you're right her yeah. uh yeah her man's yeah um was like oh i he's having like 
uh, rift in his like friendship and um, with a with a dude and he's like oh I can't communicate because I feel weird telling him that there's a problem with our friendship yeah. so I'm like and she's like oh no you should do it like Misha Pocket they could do it and then she's like oh, yeah because they're artists I was so offended by that line <laughs> the word artist never call me an artist <laughs> never someone's pretentious I, I don't paint I'm gonna put that on my LinkedIn. I'm using that joke again. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Um, but Je- uh, Skinny Pete, he was like her boyfriend in that moment. Yeah. Right. Hard it's to like, communicate his. Hard like, to communicate feelings. how he feels, which is he. He just he's like, I'm gonna miss you, Jesse. He yeah. can't say that. He can't give him a hug. So he does the most like guy thing, which is like, hey, take my hat. Like some gesture that it was still very sweet, yeah. loving, and. It was just like I could see him trying to like hold back his like wanting to gush at that moment, and he does like say like Jesse's like yo, why are you doing this? Jesse clearly the no EQ motherfucker didn't pick <laughs> up like, on this. I don't get it. We've known each other for twenty years. Why are you doing this? He's just like yo, but it's I live in Albuquerque. Doesn't get cold. <laughs> what? <do> you... <laughs> That's like Jesse. This makes no sense. Jesse's thought is useless. Did it? Skinny had to be like, like you're my hero. That's what he he had to like pander that hard for Jesse to fucking and, get it. And, and you you felt like that line without that line, you still like understood that feeling. Yeah, because I'm not an idiot. Yeah, it was clear to you that you read human behavior. Yeah. yeah, and also I should say, mind you, Jesse, I am a big believer in when you're in the in the forest, you cannot. Sorry, when you're in the forest, you can't see the trees. Whatever the fuck. Yeah, that shit, right? Jesse's so in that situation. He's thinking about other crap. I could see why he wouldn't be able to understand that like yeah, nice sweet moment running away from the popo yeah they're fucking after him but the point uh, the big thing it was all through action yeah um the give him his hat and purely through um skinny pete's like excellent performance yeah so Manish, you uh you love aaron paul's performances movie don't you fuck yeah um that was my nick frost impression from Shaun of the dead <laughs> So qu- quotable line from Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Shaun of the Dead. My favorite quote from Goodfellas is when he says the. Oh uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, it's so good. Uh. Um yeah, Aaron Paul is I know a lot of people have been like, um that's a lot of praise for this movie. He is good. Yeah. As always, uh reviews and people never explain why. What's the reason? <laughs> Which frustrates me. Um I wanna explain why though. It's probably because I think about this stuff twenty four seven, which is why I'm able to like yeah, it's, see this shit. Most people don't, so I I, I take that back. I'm sorry. Uh, plus the the average audience for a review is just your casual movie yeah. watcher or yeah. TV watcher. Yeah. They're not movie makers. I have just found my purpose on in this world. What value I bring to the world? Explaining the mechanics of movies. God. Um, okay, Aaron Paul is very good. So I just want to talk about one one moment where I could. He fucking did so much. Um, it's when he is um, in that apartment looking for the money, and they have that little, um, little, little the Mexican standoff, standoff right? Yeah. The Mexican standoff. They're pointing guns at each other, and Jesse it gives up, right? He yeah. gets a flashback to Todd. He gives up. I, Aaron Paul, I thought he was gonna shoot him, the guy, because he made the Gale face. The Gale face. What the Gale face is? Before he shot Gale, he did a face. Yeah. And to me, he did that exact same face. The and and the face communicates what like some like indecision and it's like inner conflict because jesse is never a killer right right Walt's the fucking killer so it's always like it's it's hard for him to do this um so he made the gale face so i'm like okay he's conflicted as fuck but i thought he was gonna do it because i know he killed gale before right so i'm like he's gonna do that um so then but then they flash to todd now i see why they flash to todd to show us no that like popped up in his head he's like fuck he's ptsding from that shit and now he he can't do it he gives up the gun. Then he makes the season five Ozymandias episode face. I love that you have like mo- faces for moments. Yeah. Uh, it's when um, uh, the neo-Nazis have a gun to his head in like the desert. They're going to kill him. And then before then, uh, they're going to kill him. And he looks up to the sky and he looks at birds and shit, right? But it's the exact <laughs> same face where it's like, I'm fucked. The yeah. I am fucked face. Looking up at God, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure Aaron Paul's not conscious of this but i can see the mechanics that right because because he made that same face when yeah he thought he was fucked in this yeah. scene as well like he is crying there's differences he's crying more um in the break in the ozymandias face in el camino right but um it's still it's the same thing like it's the speed of it the way he looks up <laughs> it's 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 it, it works i'm just i can see the mechanics now yeah that's yeah. all 
Let's see the tools in his uh, toolbox. In his toolbox. But yeah, that 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 moment is why his performance was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So, Polkit, have you heard of this director? Uh, his name is David Fincer. Fincer, have you heard of him? Uh, no, not once in this podcast. No. <laughs> so, he's a guy, right? Okay. His name is David Fincher. Sounds like a pervert. He thinks you're a pervert. Oh, nice. He's he's right. I actually am going to totally make a video essay about how he uses his perversion in his films. Because mm. I think there's a lot. I was thinking about it uh, the other day when I couldn't sleep because all I do is think about movies, man. Uh, all day and night. Build up the mystique. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eat, sleeps, dreams movies. <laughs> uh, yo, I'm just giving TMZ shit to write about. <laughs> um, so he has a principle. Mm-hmm. He has three principles of what movie directing is. Uh, on his most fundamental level. One is controlling behavior over time, editing that. Um, and then is making moments that should be fast, slower, and then move in moments that should be like fast in real life and you make them slower in a movie and movies and moments that should be slow in real life and you make them faster for the movie, right? So that like final, like good, bad, and the ugly showdown is a great example of that. Because mm-hmm. um, they just use reaction shots to cut away, right? And just make that scene longer than it actually would be in real life because all that shit would be happening simultaneously, right? Yeah. And I know that every this is, seems obvious because we accept this. Like This is what every Western showdown yeah, looks like. This is what every movie does, right? You just always... Every every time you cut away to a reaction, it's timed perfectly, right? And it's like, oh, someone says something, they receive the reaction immediately after. Who knows when that reaction in real life would actually happen, right? So it's called storytelling, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's... I love how they just stretch the shit out of that moment, mm-hmm. which... If that was, like, in real time, it would be, like, awkward as hell. Yeah. They're just, like, looking at each other. Everyone's like, eh, what's going on? So there's this great um, moment in this movie where when uh, Todd and Jesse are throwing the maid off the balcony, and that moment got a real reaction out of you. Yeah, it got a real, uh, ha-ha, you know, a raffle copter, uh, LMAO, LMAOing. You were rolling on the floor laughing at a dead maid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is good. I love this moment because there was no there was no joke in the script here. Or there was no emotional reaction in the script, I'm sure. Yeah. It was purely made in the edit. So uh it's a scene where they're like throwing the like pushing the dead body of that old woman. Not old woman, the woman out of the fucking building, right? Yeah, like so off the balcony. The very first shot of seeing that is so we're seeing we're like literally like the camera's like by Todd's balls <laughs> looking like straight up into the sky, right? Yeah. So Todd's in the foreground. Um, and then it's using a telephoto lens, which compresses space, right? So it seemed like it didn't register to me that uh, it wasn't very far. Yeah, like we see Jesse, like like he's in the, in the background, balcony. but he's not that far, right? It, it looks close, yeah. Right, he's not that. I see why they did it because if it was a wide-angle lens, you literally might not be able to see Jesse. Yeah. But so they did that, right? So because that, I'm just like, okay, cool, blah blah. I didn't even think about it in the moment, but. Then as soon as they cut to like a fucking wide angle of the building and I saw how tall it was much taller. How high it actually was, I'm like, oh shit. Like this is gonna be bad. She basically fell from the top of the frame to the bottom of the frame. Yeah, straight up. And that was like fucking huge. Yeah. It's like sixteen inches on like TV yeah. or monitor, man. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Never yeah, seen like, anything more than two inches in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just that simple choice of cutting from a telephoto to a wide just got a reaction. Yeah. I just I, love that. And I'm like and it was great because it was by concealing the height of the building. Yeah. They they got I don't even call it a joke, but reaction. Reaction is the best word. Some reaction. And and you see the like fall play out in why there's, there's like no cutting. So it's kind of like funny yeah. seeing Todd just like some goofy Charlie casually Chaplin step shit. back and yeah, just like bloop. Yeah. And like, oh god. I, you know why? Cause I thought I'm like, oh man, that thing is like bones are gonna go flying everywhere. And I'm like, this is gonna turn into a big mess. Oh, that would have been the, like, fucking tub scene, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, like, that... New problem. That's probably why, in my mind, I'm like, bad, 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 fuck, 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 fuck. And then it just goes to a fucking musical scene. (laughs) Which is like... (laughs) I was like, fuck this movie. (laughs) I love this. So we just talked about how they did it through the edit there to get a reaction from me. And now they, with um, a camera move, Mm -hmm. very similar thing. Um, They created, like, a little mystery. Yeah. Um... (laughs) This is a scene where um, Jesse walks into the kitchen and he's like reacts. He's like, oh my God, what is that? And, and like 
The only thing we see besides Todd and Jesse is like a blue table, and I'm like, I'm oh. like, I, I'm like, what the fuck is up with that table? You thought worse things. I yeah, like I thought Todd was gonna rape Jesse on that <laughs> table. I'm like, Jesse's like, oh god, not that table. You're just like, it's that table again. Yeah, again that table. <laughs> it was in the park. You brought it to my home or your home, and you painted it blue for zombie pastel, <laughs> Easter egg shit, all pastel. Um. So initially, I was like, what is they reacting? Yeah, about, right. And then the camera just like does a little um, track down, yeah, and we reveal the woman, right? Dead body. Yeah, real dead body. That was another so good of Jesse saw it right away. Yeah. So this is purely them just like controlling what the audience sees and getting like creating interest. Yeah, like it's almost I, I want to call it like artificial interest almost. Yeah, because the characters had no confusion there. It was just us, but it was it's good. It works. It fucking works. Yeah. Little mini mystery box. So this is pretty obvious, but this movie looks different than the TV show. Uh, I think we can all say that. But um, why do you think that is, and how did that make you feel? Okay, so I'm a, I'm a human, so I don't like change, right? <laughs> Fuck that shit. Don't tell me what to do. Control my thoughts, China. Fuck off. Oh, fuck, our podcast is already banned in China. Oh, uh, great. Uh, yeah, whatever. I like Hong Kong. Yo, delete that. <laughs> I want the money. I want the China money. <laughs> Need that China money. Need that China money. Um... I literally had a reaction right away. I'm like, why does this show look completely different? Why does the movie look completely different than the show that I really, 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 really like? Yeah. Um, that was a problem for you. Initially, right? I was like, A, because I thought it looked worse. Yeah. But it was just that first scene because it was started off on the flashback, right? Of like Mike and Jesse. And it looked kind of like a thing that a person in 2008 would shoot with a Canon DSLR okay. a little bit. Just like super washed out, kind of flat. Um, so I'm like, this looks worse. But as the show went on, uh, sorry, the movie. <laughs> Keep calling it a show. Yeah, I know. As it went on, um, I stopped. I got into the story, so I stopped caring. And yeah. I think it might have just been that like initial part that just looked so different. The shock it wore off, but it was like the two three five aspect ratio. I'm like, this seems off for the show. Um, the color palette was totally different. Like Breaking Bad's a very like kind of goofy, bright looking show. Yeah, it has like, a lot of like greens and yellows and shit. Yeah, like there's just their like, costumes, their yeah. meth cooking costumes, right? But no, it was. Um, I see why they did it though, because they it's a way to tell us this is not the TV show, guys. This is the movie. That's why initially that told me this is different. That's this, what they were different. I assume that's what it was. This is different. We have we have the budget to blow shit up yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, you know, the Firefly does the exact same thing. Firefly a TV sixteen nine right, um, the movie is two three five, like Serenity. The movie is two three five. I see. Yeah, so I think it's just like a thing that they're like, no, it's just separate it. Right, make you feel like a movie if it's a movie. I'm gonna get into a little section called uh, Pulkit has gripes. Um, <laughs> really, the biggest one I, I think I already mentioned was the um, the fridge, fridge, fridge money. But a lot of decisions in this movie felt like against breaking bad the show so i was like yeah what the hell um like blowing up a, a fucking uh welding shop i get you're trying to maybe hide some evidence but that's not how breaking bad hides evidence they do it more like i don't know like slick like it's more slick not than so, that. like that draws attention to it yourself. draws so much attention you are drawing attention while you're trying to escape like you what did the a, fuck are you, you doing you did a fucking cool guys don't look at explosions moment right there yeah, just like that then even like the scene where the the cops have the fake cops have Jesse, like, handcuffed. Then the, the other cop, for some reason, has to go talk with an old man, leaving one cop alone with Jesse. And for some reason, Jesse's untied. I get that this movie has to tell a story and, like, move on. But I, I know, like, in the show, that would have been a bigger problem to solve. So it's just these small things where I know the show just has, like, room to breathe, room to solve problems, where the movie does not. Um, which kind of got me upset. Uh, kind of got my uh, panties in a knot. George is getting upset. George is getting upset. Pretzel, uh, pretzels. Uh, <laughs> but super tiny things that um, I know they contribute to the Reddit hive mind of, ah, this isn't like as good. Um, because this isn't really the Breaking Bad that you are accustomed to, I think. You're saying your grandmammy's Breaking Bad. Yeah, this one's got... Uh, it is, though. <laughs> it is. It actually is. That's why everyone's like, this is just more of the show. It's more of the show, and yet... Not as good as the show. It's like, I think, the worst of uh, both worlds. But I like this movie a lot. Still satisfying for Jesse, so I, I kind of give it a pass for that that reason. I like this movie a lot. I think there I learned a lot of shit. Um, I just like seeing new more new Breaking Bad. 
Um, what was the new Breaking Bad? Not just more of it. There's more of just this logic. What was it? Uh, what did I like? I Tell me one problem they solved with logic. I'm, I'm actually very curious. Okay, maybe let me get logic out the way. Let's uh, maybe I like the whole basic the Robert Mr. Forrester scene. I like it was one problem. Yeah, I that like was a that. Good scene. Yeah. I like that stuff. I, I, I agree that was a good scene. I don't see a lot of movies have that type of stuff to sure. that extent. So I, I love that shit. So But what was the breaking bad logic stuff? I re- I redact my <laughs> logic. It wasn't comment. there. I, I actually think the only time it was there was skinny Pete solving that problem. That was a logic problem to solve. Logic solution. Yeah. Right? That made sense to me and I was like, great job. But after that, I'm like, well, where's the logic? You're blowing shit up. You're finding may- shit by hitting your head. But there's also a thing where if you think hard enough about any solution in any movie, you can like nitpick it. Y- yeah, true. But do you do that with Breaking Bad the show? Not really. No, because it's always convincing enough for me, I guess. Exactly. I, I, I buy and, it. And, yeah, and you're just, I guess on first viewing, you weren't buying it. I was not buying it. Yeah, fair I'm enough. Not, fair enough. enough. Anyways, that does it for this week's episode of Making Movies in My Mom's Basement. Yeah. Tune in next week when we talk about Toy Story 4. The, the fourth one. The fourth one in the Toy Story anthology. <laughs> the saga. The saga of Toy Story. Yeah. Yeah, that does it, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned something. I just got to plug our new uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, we, we have a video essay now on yeah. our YouTube channel. Making movies in my mom's basement. Talking about uh, Martin Scorsese. Good old uh, good old asthma Scorsese. Yeah, he's always talking about this mind's eye shit. Yeah. Um, we've, we're trying to figure out what the fuck he meant by it. But more importantly, what actually techniques mm-hmm. he uses to uh, accomplish that shit, you know? Yeah, so check it out. Uh, let us know what you think. Yeah, give us feedback. Subscribe if you actually like the content. I don't want anyone to... I will never tell a human to subscribe. Cut to two weeks later, me telling everyone to subscribe. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, Where's this? Albuquerque? Albuquerque. I know. Oh, God. I know. I probably knew more about Iran (laughs) than I knew about Albuquerque from a separation. I don't know. It's, It's hot. I like the heat. You know, okay, actually, I'm truly jealous of your uh, dry heat there. So I've never experienced it. I've only experienced a nice, like, wet heat, you know? That moist fucking shit. I envy y'all. I'm, I'm very excited to experience the dry heat as well. I think the desert's dope. Like Peter O'Toole said in Lawrence of Arabia, it's clean. And that's me. I'm that clean, motherfucker. Thanks for listening. Bye. Take care. See ya, see ya, see ya.